Hello, welcome back to the You Know Show. We are two geeks who talk about everything. I am Aaron, and I am joined, as always, by my cousin Landon. Good day. How's your week been, man? Good. I traveled. I went to the town of Gatlinburg for a few days. Oh, Gatlinburg. Such a tourist trap. It was really good. Was it nice? It was good. Yeah. I mean, I know you're there for business, right? But but were you able to do any of the touristy kind of things? Did you get some... If by touristy thing you mean, did I go to the local bar and have an old fashioned? Yes, no. I did. No. That that's something you can do at home. I'm you, you I'm asking, like, did you did go to I the go Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum or Earthquake the Rad? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you go to yeah. uh, the the Christian Gardens where like Jesus's face is inverted in a wall or something like? I I don't know. There's some crazy well, stuff. Hillbilly golf. Hillbilly that's a golf. that's a place. No, I, I didn't, though it was tempting. I saw all of these things around me, but uh, no, no, but it was pretty. It was beautiful. I had a great drive and uh, from Charleston to uh, to Gatlinburg. Oh, wow. You I, drove all the way there, huh? Yeah, I drove. And I that listened a a to the stand on audio. Did you listen so I, to the whole thing? No, no, because it's like 47 hours. Uh, so I was going like, to say, that's I a long drive. Like, <laughs> I, about five hours uh, each way. So that was pretty cool. Gotcha love it not bad yeah you uh yeah you know it was another week still waiting to uh get a root canal next week so lots of pain in my mouth pushing great but uh you know the sacrifices you'll make for this podcast what what are we if we are unable to take ibuprofen and pretend like the pain's not there Hmm. well said well said all right. Uh, before we get into the topic of this week's show, uh, we do want to take a moment to talk about the recent passing of Kevin Conroy, uh, who sadly passed away at the age of 66 uh, after losing a battle against intestinal cancer. Um, if you recognize his name, it's likely you're aware that Conroy has been the definitive voice of Batman since 1992 throughout several animated series, films, video games. Uh, all over the place. And recently he was even able to play Bruce Wayne uh, in a live action uh, role during the CW's crisis on infinite earth's crossover, crossover event, yeah. which was actually really cool to see him like actually play the role instead of yeah. just hearing his voice um, behind the, behind the scenes. I, um, you know, lots of, lots of tributes have been pouring out. Uh, over the last few days <clears throat> and one struck me i'm paraphrasing uh said if you bake bread for a living for 30 years you are a baker if you work in retail for a living for 30 years you are a salesperson if you are the voice of batman for 30 years you are batman yeah well said well said man well i you know obviously when batman the animated series came out it was at a pretty pivotal time for both of us you know, in our, our upbringing, you know, that 11 you know years old type of time period. And uh, I remember coming home from school every day to watch that show and just, oh my gosh, that's a voice I know and feel and just could anywhere uh, think of how that sounds. That is the sound of Batman to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Anytime I'm, if I'm going back and reading old school Batman comics, if I find myself picking up a new Batman comic, the voice of Batman that I hear in my head is, is Kevin Conroy. There's, I mean, there's no question about it. There've been other people who have, I mean, not just played Batman on the big screen, but like right. 
who have done the voice of Batman in like other animated films, animated projects, but they don't they don't even come close no to to what he did with the character and it's amazing like just to to think about the difference that he put into batman and bruce wayne oh my god uh, so just the different. like playing up the duality of of those like they're they're different characters and yeah. so like his real voice was bruce wayne's voice <clears throat> but but he he came up with this deep dark um gruff yeah, it's just like troubled voice. Yeah, from 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 deep down inside. Yeah, just, that's oh good. Look at you, man. It was just, <clears throat> that's good. Like just just hearing him say, "I am the knight. I am Batman." I mean, yeah. it's just amazing. So, good. um, and well, not to not to get you know too far into the weeds here, but uh, I did want to say Mark Hamill's version of the Joker is just as iconic yeah, almost maybe sure. almost as iconic as as kevin conroy yeah listener you may not know that that mark hamill or luke skywalker is actually the <laughs> most well-known voice of the joker from the same series yeah uh, so both mark hamill and kevin conroy were back and forth and uh just that's that's really really an amazing partnership they had well i read i read something that he had said at one point um that you know they were so they were close friends they'd worked together on so many projects over the years uh hamill eventually got to the point where he's like if he was offered another chance to voice the joker all he'd say is is kevin doing it and then like he wouldn't even have to read the script because if if conroy was on it he was like i'm in let's do it yeah that's awesome so uh yeah sad sad to to hear about kevin conroy's passing but uh uh he will definitely be missed he is a legend um and of course that voice will live on um forever i mean if you haven't the animated series batman from the 90s still it it's still it holds um, up it's a good show to this day yeah yeah it's it's on hbo max go check it out and totally watch it uh let's hit it all right well we started out on kind of a sad note maybe that's fitting because uh as we discussed the latest entry in the marvel cinematic universe a lot of what is experienced is incredibly sad. Um, so we are going to be talking about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, that is the newest movie. It came out this weekend. Uh, we're going to avoid spoilers for a while, um, give some general thoughts, and then yep. you know we'll be sure to provide a decent spoiler warning for anyone who has yet to see the movie and want to avoid those plot details uh, that we'll be discussing later on. Yeah, first and foremost, I mean, just if you're on the fence or you're wondering whether it's worth it to go see it, um, the box office sure could uh, motivate you because it is definitely uh, brought in more money for November than I don't know if that's ever been brought in before. I mean, it is it is a highly anticipated movie, and there are a lot of people going and seeing it um, before we even get into what we feel about it. I mean, it is yeah. extremely popular and extremely um, talked about. I think the last figure I saw was uh, it's already taken in uh, 180 million, and that's just here at home. Yeah, uh, that doesn't take into account what the the rest of the world's doing. So it is it is already a success. Um, of course, you know I'm sure Disney won't consider it a success until it approaches a billion. <laughs> but um, uh, written and directed by Ryan Coogler, as was the uh, previous entry. Uh, some returning players, including Letitia Wright as Shuri, who is T'Challa's sister and princess of Wakanda. 
Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia, who is a former Wakandan spy and T'Challa's past love interest. Danai Gurira as Okoye. Uh, she's the general of the Dora Milaje, the elite fighting force uh, there in Wakanda. Winston Duke as M'Baku, uh, the leader of Wakanda's <laughs> mountain tribe. Uh, Angela Bassett as Ramonda, Wakanda's queen and mother of T'Challa and Shuri. And Martin Freeman comes back as CIA agent Everett Ross. And then this time they're also joined by Tenoch Huerta. I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, As Namor, the Submariner. Uh, Dominique Thorne as Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, or Val as her friends call her. Um, I was surprised to see her, to be honest. I didn't know she was going to show up in this one. Very surprised to see her role as well. I was like, oh, I didn't. You've gone up in the ranks. And and we will definitely get into that in the spoiler talk. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes at this point has given the score of 84%, and IMDb has it currently at a 7.4 out of 10. Personally, on my flick chart, I have it ranked at 322 out of 2,523 movies that I've seen in my entire life. That's not too bad. That's pretty up there. Uh, Landon, what's your take on uh, this visit to Wakanda? I know that I I tend to be the the enthusiast. And again, we talked about... I mean, seriously, you're like Jimmy Fallon. Every movie's great. Oh, this is such a great movie. It's so good. good. I... I, um, I was really um, a movie that I walked into feeling like it was going to be about grief and how to cope with grief. And, and, um, and it really was. Uh, However, you know, it wasn't a movie that I was sad the whole time with, like I didn't spend the entire movie, you know, sad. I, I actually felt driven throughout the whole movie um, to what was going to happen next and to see how the characters were processing the different emotions and the things that were happening, then one thing would lead to another. And so um, just it was it was extremely provocative, you know, to what to to wonder what would happen next. And I appreciated that. Um, I also love the fact that this felt completely separate from Marvel, uh, the Marvel universe. It's not, and I mean it's still in that world, um, but it was its own thing. And I did. It didn't have to have, you know, um, uh, other nuances. Of course, we have, you know, characters who have been in and through. You know, we have, um, you know, this this uh, character who's going to be a part of whatever Avengers thing happens. You know, but at the same time, it just really held its own without having to depend on the bedrock of of the Marvel franchise. So I loved that. I loved obviously how it was uh, honoring to Chadwick Boseman. Um, does that Bo- Boseman or Boss? How do I say it? Boseman. Boseman. And um, I thought that was great. But at, at the same time, you know, it, it was. Um, it didn't feel like it was uh, trying to be. Like it didn't feel like someone was using um, the sadness to try to make a buck. I never felt that in the entire, entire movie. I felt like it was truly honoring. Um, Separate from that, um, the only other thing I'll say is um, how it handled the cultures of the different, of both Wakanda and um, what's it called, the city, the other, the other. uh, Alakon. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, how it handled those cultures and, and those different ideas and coming to terms and, and all of that, that I thought that was really great. And so, so anyway, so overall, um, I, I'd give it a high score. I was really pleased with it. Loved it and loved that I had the chance to take um, my wife and daughter to it. How they did did uh, the boy not go? No, no, he was staying with the grandparents, so uh -huh. uh, he will he will see it. But um, no, we were uh, you know, and in the theater, everybody was influenced by this movie. Everybody was affected in a great way. Um, so just did the rest of your family like it? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Good. All right, let's hear your side. <laughs> okay. Well, get ready for me to dump on it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, so overall, a uh, very, very good movie. Uh, I did not think it was as good as the original. Uh, we'll say that. I uh, thought that uh, Chad, Chadwick Boseman's uh, absence uh, leaves a hole, you know, that I don't yeah. think they could possibly fill. Um, right. You know, it doesn't, right. matter, doesn't matter how they write the story. Um, you know, his, <clears throat> his influence on the MCU as, as, you know, at large and, and just Black Panther as a franchise unto itself, um, was so huge. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of us will forever wonder what would this series of films have been like if he had not, uh, you know, passed away at such an early age. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that said, I do think that Ryan Coogler did a fantastic job of paying tribute, uh, to Bozeman's legacy. Um, not only as, you know, the character T'Challa, but as an actor that we've lost in the real world as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, with the movie there, you know, I didn't really think there were many surprises. Um, you know, as I sat watching, I, maybe one or two small things that I can get into once we hit spoilers, but yeah. Uh, got a few of those to ask you your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it, so when, I mean, when it comes to the big story beats, I, I don't know. I can't say that I didn't see certain things coming. Um, in a sense, I guess I'll say it, it felt a little predictable. Um, I thought it was longer than it necessarily needed to be two hours and 41 minutes, uh, feels like a long time. Um, but, uh, that said, I love how they introduced and set up Namor as a major player for the MCU. I love that uh, in the end, they leave us questioning, will he be a threat or a hero moving forward? And I know like traditionally he is considered an anti-hero. Yeah. Um, a lot, you know, a lot like uh, Black Adam. Black Adam, yeah. Um, so, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he plays moving into phase five and six uh, yeah. of the MCU. I thought that Angela Bassett's portrayal of a heartbroken queen, Ramonda, oh, Ramonda was, um, she's incredible. That was a highlight of, of the movie for me. I think that she gave the best performance out of everyone on screen. Um, I thought I just amazing. I, and I've already too, heard man. people talking about, um, the possibility of her receiving an Academy she award should nomination. Absolutely for this. receive an award for it. Her, um, yeah, at least a nomination. You know, uh, these awards these days, I, I'm I'm real cynical about. I I really think that that studios oh. buy and sell these awards, uh, and it's not really based on merit. But um, just to get a nomination, I feel like is at least um, 
recognizing the talent that she brought to this to this role. Um, can, I, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, go for it. Um, I I really like Mbaku. You know, I I really oh, like yeah. his character in the first one, and we got a little bit of him in the first one. But we got a whole lot more of him in this one. Did you enjoy that as much as I did? Yeah, I liked I liked having him with a uh, I won't say I, mean, I guess a beefed up role. Um, and again, that's 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 one of those questions. If Chadwick Boseman hadn't passed away, would Mbaku have had a larger presence um, in the so. movie? Now, I I think maybe he would have. It just would have been diff- We would have seen it differently. Not in an advising, yeah, right. He he would have. I feel like he and uh, he and T'Challa would have been more had more of a brotherhood, brotherhood, um, or or friendship going than obviously that in the first one, um, and because because I think we saw a little bit of that uh, that relationship and how it had grown uh, during Infinity War when when uh, Wakanda came together to fight Thanos's army. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I gotta say this, so this was a difficult movie, I think for me to watch more accurately, it will be a difficult movie for me to watch on repeat and not because, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I was not like overwhelmed with sadness watching the movie from, you know, start to finish. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it really is a heavy film. And yeah, and it, it it deals with grief in such a realistic way, I think, um, that that's going to that's what makes it hard to watch yeah. um, because because grief is such a heavy emotion. And um, I think they did a great job with it, showing how, uh, you know, some of these different characters have dealt with the loss of Chadwick yeah. Boseman. One of the things that I really appreciated about it was that in how it was dealing with with grief. It wasn't like this is how you're supposed to deal with grief. Grief. This is how this is how you're supposed to to. This is like the carbon copy good way that there's anger and there's there's resentment and there's like you you just see this progression in a way that's not you know fit in a good little box you know. And I right. appreciate that because it, it felt raw. It felt real. Um, his sister in her in her technical. Um, almost atheistic mind um, and how she's dealing with this. Oh my gosh. It was just really, really great to see her paralleled against even her mother, you know, and that's, that was just something else. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I I think they all did a great job of, of um, showing how, how this, this loss uh, would affect each, each one of them. And, and yeah, you're right. The the juxtaposition between Ramonda and and Shuri, uh, just with the loss of T'Challa, was was uh, I mean, you, you just you could you could just see the the, the different ways that they yeah. they chose to either deal with it or not deal with it in some ways. Yeah. yeah. And then of course you've got Nakia, uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character. Um, and 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 seeing how she dealt with things um uh and i don't want to say much more than that i know because we got to start getting the spoiler territory but um uh any other general thoughts before we actually actually get into that 
uh, just to echo the the fact that um, I thought the guy who played Namor, um, Tenoch Huerta, is that right? Tenoch Huerta. Tenoch Tenoch Huerta. Yeah. Anyway, he he was great. I've never seen him before, or at least I don't recall if I have. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought he did a great job. His acting was awesome. Um, Apparently, yeah. he actually learned how to speak ancient Mayan. Oh, really? For wow. the yeah, for the role. So that's um, I'll say for anybody who's a Walking Dead fan out there, you know, anytime you get a chance to see Denai Guerra um, out there is awesome. You know, I mean, she's Michonne, but she plays this character amazing, and she really shined in this movie as well. You saw her full blown emotion, and you saw, um, I mean, her her being put in very challenging situations and how she was dealing with that. And so she's just an amazing actress. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, she's she's done theater. She's done, um, I mean, she's done TV. She's done movies now. She's done, I mean, she's just an incredible actress. The, the way she portrays the emotion, just the raw emotion of dealing with the situations that she finds herself in, uh, I'm going to say just in the first half of the movie, Um is incredible to oh, to yeah. watch it's it's like a master class mm. that's it all right now now we got to get into it because because it's hard to talk about this movie with without spoilers i know i know all right so so neither of us have signed a uh a non-disclosure agreement so we're gonna just go for it uh and at this point we are going to get into the spoilers if you have not yet seen Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I mean, what are you waiting for? It's opening weekend. I mean, why, why haven't you seen it yet? Um, by the time you hear this, it'll be Wednesday following opening weekend. Hopefully you'll get a chance to see it soon. Um, then come back and listen to the rest of this. If not, if, you, uh, if you're the kind of person who likes spoilers, listen on. Because here listen we go. On. Spoilers on now. All oh. right. So I already said that uh, that Val's appearance was kind of surprising to me um but i was also surprised by her connection to agent ross married their exes they yeah they're divorced yeah I'm they like, used to be married yeah so yeah that's that that was crazy to me and I, she's the I director was, of the cia how did that happen i don't know like i thought i thought that she was like some random i thought she was like a, a like a person with money like you know like a yeah yeah I, I thought that she was private firm you not know. necessarily calling the shots but she was like you know working for somebody and putting together i mean clearly we know she's putting together a team uh that's gonna consist of u.s agent and um uh yelena um belova black widow's sister and yeah. like all this stuff is happening and so we've we've been seeing her here and there kind of moving chess pieces around but to find out that she's the director of the cia i don't know which one is more like blowing my mind that she's formerly married to you know ross or or that she's director of cia the the cia thing kind of makes me go huh and in, in, in a way that i you know it's there were a couple of things like that for me that I went, eh, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll swallow the pill, but I just, it feels a little weird. Well, it all leaves me so curious about the different uh, intelligence organizations that are 
in existence in the MCU. I mean, obviously you've got the CIA and the FBI from the real world, but you've also got Shield. Shield. Where are they at these days? You've got Wasn't Sword. Shield, Shield dismantled, wasn't it? Was it? I don't. I don't know. Like the last time I think we saw, like we really saw Shield do anything big was uh, was that in Age of Ultron when they brought the new Helicarrier up to uh, help save people from Sokovia. And I haven't finished Agents of Shield yet, so I don't know how that ended. <laughs> I only watched the first season of that. It lost me after that. So, yeah, well, aside from all that, her role in this was really not a nefarious role. You know, no. I mean, uh, the only thing that she does say that that's obviously sinister, but it really wasn't bad, um, was just when she he was like, when, when talking about if the U.S. could have all that power, she's like, I dream about that every night. You know what I mean? Of having the ability to have the um, the vibranium. The, yeah, the vibranium. Um, but it was interesting too at the very beginning seeing it was cool to see richard schiff on screen um play he played toby in west wing um and so he would play he was the u.s whoever that was you know and was the he ambassador to the u.n i, I think so yeah uh, that's that whole thing was um uh, the 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 deal with with sharing vibranium with the world I get it. I get Wakanda not sharing it because Wakanda has for centuries held on to this stuff and yeah. and been isolationist and there's not been a problem. But as soon as the world finds out that they've got this like a, an overabundance of vibranium, yeah. they're chomping at the bit to get it. Why? Because they want weapons. Yeah. They want to make weapons out of this stuff. And and that is that is if that's not it's not the, excuse me. If that's not the American dream what is and that's what's scary that is what is so scary but like because that's reality that is the realistic weird weird too that the french and the americans were were on the same page you know it's like yeah. like when do we start agreeing you know why why is it why was why was it france that that wanted it why was you'd, it yeah you'd, you'd think you'd have uh like one of the russians up there but i guess i guess you're avoiding uh, Try to avoid the Russian situation, I yeah. guess. Why, you know, no escalation. Why not have somebody from uh from what's what's Dr. Doom's country? Um uh, <laughs> oh, what is that? All these Whatever. fake countries. Yeah, yeah. Latveria. Latveria. Yeah. yeah. Why don't I have an ambassador from Latveria be like, uh, you know what? We want some <laughs> vibranium. Yeah, I mean, no, it was interesting though. I, I love the the intro though, where they're trying to take the stuff, they just bring those soldiers in, you know. Those ladies, they sure can kick some tail, man. I oh mean, my they gosh, just yeah. they tear up. And I love their their dynamic, the way that they have all that. Now, the first thing when we first see like um these new creatures and they're doing this song that's like that's the like siren, the siren song. The siren song. Yeah. My daughter whispers over, she's like, sirens. And yeah. I was like, Yeah, I know. It was them. You yeah. Know? That was that was really cool. Um just leading men to their deaths that's it we found them odysseus we found them. drowned in the depths um uh, yeah the the uh, uh, what was i saying now i can't remember <laughs> i'm sure it was very important probably go ahead well, but still i mean like just being introduced to all this um of course you know having the the young scientist at uh mit the student you know who's created this thing i thought some of that was a bit un unbelievable um it's not that i don't think it's amazing what people can do 
and that MIT people could probably do amazing things. Um, but just the idea of I built this thing in two months and just the logistics of, of you know, some of that stuff, I, I thought was a bit forced. Um, that's but, something you know, that's just I, me. So we already know that uh, Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart, is getting her own series on Disney Plus. All right. That's that's already in the pipeline. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so it's not surprising that they wouldn't give a whole lot of her backstory at this point. Yeah. Um, but it is disappointing that we didn't get a whole lot of her backstory at this point, because, right. you know, you, you've got, you've got this two hour and 41 minute long film. It's like, can we, can we not throw a little more in here to, to explain who she is, why she's doing what she's doing right. and why she basically built uh, an Iron Man suit uh, you know, when she goes to battle with Wakanda, um, right. Not, not against Wakanda, but, you know, fighting on their side. Right. Um, right. it's just, it, what's her connection to Tony Stark? Is there a connection to Tony Stark? Right. Uh, other than they both went to MIT. Um, so, and, and I'm, I think that's probably what's just going to happen is we're going to get the series. We're going to see that and then it'll make it all good. But for the purposes of this movie, it did make it like, it was like, okay, you know, um, the only other criticism that I had, um, and there really didn't have much, much other, um, but I kept, you got to help me with a scene. All right. When, when um, Namor takes um, the, the sister Shuri down to his place, his, his city. I can't get all these names down for what these places Talocan. are. Telocon. Telocon. Talocon. 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 Yeah, I say it. I say it the fancy way. Anyway, he takes her down there. Before he does, he says to her, he says, "You know, I if I took you down, you know, your your bones would break and the pressure would kill you. You know all that stuff." Oh, but I have a suit. You're right. So he puts her in the suit. She goes down in the suit and goes. It's like the movie Abyss with Ed Harris, right? You know, goes down all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way to the city. All right. She's down there, and uh, and then I'm I'm confused because then they get she gets rescued, right? Because then the uh, what's the girl's name? That's Lupita Nakia. Yeah, yeah. She comes down and she's got the little the little machine right that she's flying, and I and I'm thinking to myself, oh well, she won't get crushed by the pressure because I'm sure she goes inside of that thing and it'll seal up around her or whatever the case is. But then when she rescues the two girls and the three of them go up, they're dangling from the side of this thing. So help me. How am I? Is it, is it a movie goof or am I missing something? You're How missing is something. The, what did I miss? Help me. All right. So when he took her down to the depths of Talokan, yeah, she needed the machine. But where they were holding her and Riri, that was up closer to the surface. Okay, so they that were was, holding them in the city. Yeah, yeah, they were they were up um, in the where they in the flashback scene, you know, where we see uh, the we see Namor's mother out of like giving birth, and yeah. she's like halfway out of the water, yeah, but giving birth in the water. Yeah, that's where they're at. They're they're in that general area, in the cave area. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. 
they're not down in the city because the city is completely immersed in water. Right. The city is down on the ocean floor where, yes, they would have been crushed to death by the pressure of, of so much ocean water. But yeah, when they're being, when they're being held, uh, they're in that cave that's closer to the surface. Thank you for clarifying that for me. Of course. Because I, I, I did walk out and I was like, now how in the world did that happen? And I should have that known. That didn't make any sense. I should have known that Kevin Feige or whoever else, you know, oh, and the rest of Feige would, um, I know you're, you're better at Every these. time. I know, Feige. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I should have known that they had it well covered, you know, my bad. Um, so it was around that time, uh, Shuri and, and Riri get taken. Okoye is released from her role as general. Oh, and that scene is like, that's rough. Rip your heart out and stomp on it because I get, it. I get Ramonda. She is obviously, I mean, she's still grieving the loss of T'Challa. Now for all she knows, her daughter is dead too. Yeah. Well, and when she brought up the part about being like, when, you know, Killmonger came, you stood, you stood by and didn't do anything. And I thought to myself, oh, I guess that probably, you probably didn't like that, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think you were holding that against, it's not you're all good, but uh, no, I could see how that would be, you know. Yeah. So, so it was you, you seeing it from her perspective and then, and then, knowing just how loyal Okoye is it's like oh man it was and that's that's the scene where where I was talking about like it's it really is a master class of just how like both of them back and forth the just the the anger and the sorrow and just uh it was it was heart-wrenching to that whole scene um just i'm not saying i cried or anything but um did you cry during this movie i cried during the movie there were there were a couple of tearful moments not like full-on sobbing but i had the the wetness on the eyes i teared up uh during the silent opening of the marvel studios logo that was all chadwick boseman all the time that was me too yeah that was really good um quiet were you luckily in a theater where people were quiet? Because I was. Oh, it was silent as the grave. That me too. I was thankful for that. Yeah, it was. It was quite. I mean, I went. I went and saw it Thursday afternoon after I got off work. So you know, Thursday afternoon it was a four o'clock showing. There's not many people there, so uh, it was. It was not a full theater, um, which I'm thankful for. Uh, that's you know that's the kind of thing you want to experience an in-game type movie with a bunch of people but for for this i'm okay seeing it with like a handful of random people who are like oh, i've got to see it first yeah 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 well it was um there were just a lot of powerful scenes um i i i didn't expect um killmonger to be there at her when she drank no i i was like <gasps> you know I, and and it was so appropriate i yeah it was so now when i first saw him i was saying oh because he was the last one maybe that was it because he was the last one to have the but no then chicago came back and i'm just trying to work it out but then when he starts talking i'm like oh you are the same oh you yeah. are the same yeah i love oh. i love how he points out no you summoned me 
Like oh this is God. this is not this is not me doing something to you. You call on you called this. And uh because you know, her maybe Shuri's conscious mind was thinking, I want my mother's advice here on the ancestral plane, but you know what she was really feeling and what like deep down in her soul like she's this is this is the point where she is now finally allowing herself to grieve and now not just the death of t'challa but her mother as well well yeah and and so and now and she has a target for you know and a reason why her mother died is because of namor and so she has someone to direct that rage at And and so, of course, of course, like her grief process is going to be full of rage and anger and just hatred towards towards Namor. And so so, of course, Killmonger is going to be the one that that comes to advise her. And he's not going to tell her to stand down. He's going to tell her, point the spear, you know, aim for your target, take it out, because that's what he would have done. I was so after as that scene was going through i was like this is absolutely appropriate um and you know i was i'm glad that they didn't do anything else and that's kind of what i meant at the beginning too where it didn't give you like the carbon copy how you deal with grief you know this was something that was raw you know they could have done something where they had angela bassett come in there and give the motherly you know find peace and then she lets it go um, or she could, they could have tried to CGI with permission, Chadwick Boseman, you know, and try to make something happen there, um, which would have, again, been a, I think, a cheap way, a cheap way yeah. of, of remembering him. I think that um, kind of thing might have, that would have been a mistake, I think. That to, would have been a mistake. Bring him in. But to do it this way and to go full force into the raw, real uh, feelings of, of what she was going through and have her work through that a different way was really smart and yeah. made the movie it made the movie in so many great ways um I, I was i was it was great yeah her and 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 a lot and like, shout out to Letitia wright i mean just for being able to to play that up i mean <clears throat> because that is that is such a realistic way of dealing with with grief and especially if you've been avoiding your feelings of grief for so long. I mean, this is this is someone who she blamed herself for T'Challa's death. And then but but there's nothing she could do about it. Right. But now she's got someone else she can blame for her mother's death. And so all that rage that she's holding against herself, she can now point towards somebody Transfer else. To him. Yeah. And uh so yeah, you you've got that transference uh happening psychologically and uh gosh she just she did a great job with it and then you know you get to the final battle and you're thinking is okay is she gonna go through with it she you can't introduce a you know a character as prominent as namor is in the comics finally introduce him to the mcu and then kill him off in his first view in his first outing and so it's like what's gonna happen what's gonna switch with her yeah, and and you know, to where she's going to show him some kind of mercy. At the same time, I have to say, when when she when she hit the engines, and and burned him, I was like, oh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I I thought he, I thought he was going to die. You thought, thought that was that it. Was so you know, but um, but for her to see the parallels between the people, 
you know, they, they did a great job. You know how sometimes foreshadow, foreshadowing can be um, a little too obvious, you know, and, and it just, you know, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop that will fulfill the foreshadowing that happens in a movie. Well, this had the element of foreshadowing that I thought was really healthy, uh, which is where she, when she was going down and she saw the people of the, of, of the uh, capital city that she was able to go and see the different types of people and see people and the kids playing and seeing that they were normal people and it was beautiful and all that. And it wasn't like in your face, it was just seeing it in my opinion. And so when it happened later that she was drawing parallels and they kept doing parallels between Wakanda and whatever the city's called. Um, can't say it so fast. Slow it up. Ta-lo-con. Ta-lo-con. Thank you. All right, so Wakanda. Took me a long time to be able to get that one right. Wakanda, Telecon. All right, but you know, it's so in the parallels between the both. I mean, that was a really, a really well done uh, scene. I thought. Um. So, again, talking about her her transition there. Um. When she comes out, it's almost like she's ashamed that Killmonger is who she saw. Yeah, because she won't tell, she won't tell Nakia. Yeah, and uh, but then she chooses the the Black Panther helmet with the gold inlay, which is the same as as his design. Yeah, and so I think that speaks a lot to you know she she embraces it. Um, but again, it's I I love that um, that in those final moments of her battle with Namor, she's able to then get that message from her mother and and she gets that you know that same line that uh that she delivered to t'challa you know in the previous film show him who you are and so this is when like her her true self reawakens and she's not this vengeful person that killmonger would have her be she is she is the daughter of ramonda She's the sister of T'Challa. She does have that nobility that will allow her to show mercy to her enemy. And, and they and find a way to make peace. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that she has to become the ruler either. No. One of the things that I really appreciated about the movie is they didn't make her into something she wasn't. You know, and, and this is them choosing to not have her kind of roll into all right, now you're the Black Panther and now you're the queen and now you're going to be in charge and now everything's fine. Now you can rule because you have such good diplomatic skills. You know what I mean? She's she's still got such a long journey ahead of her. Exactly. So her choosing to, you know, still remain as Black Panther, but leave and, and let that go so that she can go to Haiti and, 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 you know, grow. I thought was really smart. You know, that was great. A great choice. All right. That is leading us up to the mid credit scene. But before we get there, um, I do want to say one more thing about Namor. He said himself, he's a mutant. Uh, that is that. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I that definitely, definitely ties us into X-Men. We've got yeah. to have X-Men now. So so this is this is now. Oh, gosh. How many how many mutants have they have they mentioned like confirmed mutants in the MCU. So we've we've got uh Miss Marvel uh who who is a mutant. 
we've had we've had a version of Professor X uh, from a, a different corner of the multiverse. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now we've got Namor um, in in She Hulk. Now there's there's no. <laughs> It's it's it was just an Easter egg, but on one of those uh, like things where you could see the website they're looking at, there was a headline for an article that said uh, something about a man with metal claws getting into a bar fight. Oh, did it really? Yeah. So <laughs> an obvious nod towards Wolverine being out there right. somewhere. Right. Um, so <clears throat> it really will be interesting to see how you know once they introduce mutants as a whole, are we saying that mutants have been here the whole time and they've just yeah. been in hiding? Yeah. Or, um, you know, has something happened to uh, bring mutants to the forefront? Um, it, it, it'll be interesting. I, I kind of hope that Charles Xavier's School for Gifted Children has been there this whole time. And, and we just haven't known about it. Just it's under, just, they've been the in hiding yeah. because, because he knows how persecuted they would be if, if the rest of humanity knew that mutants existed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I'm. It was it was really cool to see that. Um, I, I, and I have to say, I mean, having a guy with little wings on his feet <laughs> would seem otherwise stupid, but they they pulled it off pretty good. His movements and how fast he was and skipping around like he did made it cool. Yeah, I, honestly, if he moved like a hummingbird. Me, yeah, if you said to me that. The bad guy has uh, he can he can uh, he can breathe underwater and he has wings for feet. So okay. I, I would just be like, uh, that sounds stupid. But watching him and seeing how they did his movements and how they played that up, um, almost where he could skip, you know, with uh, you know, I yeah. was like, wow, like Icarus. It was awesome. It was just really like cool. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, he he could control those feet. That's for sure. I got convinced through the movie that it was cool. So to the mid credit scene. All right, this is the other part where I teared up. Yeah. Um. Again, Gosh, we go the into kid silence. Was so cute too. Oh wait a second, we haven't gotten there yet. Wait. Okay. We we get into the side. So we we know that. Um, oh wait, was that? The the second kind of tribute to chat Chadwick Boseman that wasn't the mid credit scene that was that was before the end wasn't it? Yes. Okay, my bad. That's where I teared up. <clears throat> um, yeah. When she's she's burning her uh, her funeral attire, her funeral robes, and and she is allowing herself to again grieve th- this loss, and um, and we're we're presented with scenes Memories of, of um, Chadwick Boseman from oh, the previous film. And, uh, so that, that's where I teared up the second time. Uh, but then now, okay. Yes. Mid credit scene. We are introduced to a kid. We didn't know existed. T'Challa well, has a sure, son. It sure did help explain why the, the girlfriend left. You right. Know, yeah. Why did the kid, Yeah. Cause, cause throughout the movie, like, it seems like this, it's this big mystery and it's like, you, you don't want to think that it's selfish that, you know, when, when all of the like the blip happened or whatever she moved to to haiti i mean that is what i thought i thought you know because you you remember when we first meet her she's helping you know refugees or people or whoever you know right and and she is like she's always been on the front line in the trenches and so 
I mean, they sold it. They sold it well. I assume that she had left six years ago because she's like, you know what? Not for me. Not going to be queen. Thank you so much. Love you, but see ya. You know what I mean? And that's that sold. So when it came up to this, I was like, oh, oh, you got me. Yeah, somewhere, me. somewhere between uh, the events of Black Panther and Infinity War, they got pregnant and decided for the for the uh, safety and well being of their child that she would raise him in Haiti. And of course, then the snap happened. And uh, everyone was blipped away for five years and they come back and T'Challa has this mystery illness and dies. And it's like, why didn't you come back for the funeral? Well, I'm taking care of his son here in Haiti. She couldn't say that, but that's what it was. I was glad to know when they asked, you know, did, did, you know, Angela Bassett's character know and, and, uh, and that she did. Yeah. That that was good. But, um, but it was so cool, you know, just, just that scene. And the thing that I saw was, I mean, what what you could see and not hear through words, and it was so much more communicated in um, Shuri's expression, you know, as she she realizes that this is now, you know, this is a connection to her brother, mm-hmm. and and you can just see already that they're going to have an amazing relationship. You just know it, but just by seeing her expression and their interaction. Yeah, you know, I so loved it, was, it. It was really good, um, <clears throat> and I'm I'm again. Again, another another way that I think they did a great job of honoring uh, Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa's legacy um, to to be able to have another way to carry on um, should they decide to go that route. You know, you've got the son of T'Challa. And of course, you know, I mean, you think about comic book logic, there are a billion different ways they could age him up. If they need him to be the age that he, you know a grown man to become the next black panther in time yeah. for black panther 3 or yeah. um the next avengers movie well, they can find a way to do that but you know they do that stuff in comics all the time yeah and even even so i mean if you think <laughs> about phases and plans and movies just the amount of time going into all of these movies going on i mean you're talking 2025 2026 you know 4 years down the road you know, this kid's going to sprout a little bit, you know what I mean? And so it's not that he's going to be adult size, but you know, Robin size, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. to be able to, I mean, to have a he could very easily be one of the young Avengers. You know? That's exactly right. So, you know, but I, I, I thought it was great. Um, and after the credits, it says Black Panther will return. Obviously we will see her in some fashion, um, you know, with all of this stuff with the secret wars or, you know, all that, but yeah, what happens now? Will there be a three? I mean, what do you I'm think sure there will be at some point. The most it's it's almost surprising if they don't do a trilogy at least. Yeah. Um so there was no post credit scene. There wasn't no. anything at the end. I waited around. I'm sure you did too. I did. Um the but what's funny is as I was like doing some more research for this, I went on the Wikipedia page. And under the synopsis, there was a paragraph under the mid credit scene that said there was a post credit scene. And I was like, no, there wasn't. I didn't see it. So I was going to ask you, I was like, did you see a post credit scene? So here's, I, I copied and pasted the, what the Wikipedia article said, just in case it was wrong. It said the film's second post credit scene opens on Dr. Graham, who was a, a character played by Lake Bell, 
um, early on in the movie, she was the one who, I guess, I think they did, is one who's discovered the underwater. Um, yeah, that lady. Yeah, the underwater vibranium. So she's Dr. Graham arriving on a helicopter at a lab in a mountainous location. An off-screen voice warns that Wakanda's coveting of vibranium will be their doom. A hand coated in vibranium enters frame, teasing the arrival of Dr. Doom. I and did not see that. I, see, here's the thing. I, I walked into the movie. I walked in. They, they let us walk into the movie while the credits were finishing out of the previous the showing. Oh, yeah. So I watched the very end when it said Black Panther will return. And I watched all the way through the blank screen, all the way to the end. I saw extremely to the end. Then you saw what everyone else did because this doesn't exist. Um, it's not real. I, I looked online. I found no evidence of a post-credit scene. Now, I don't know if there was originally supposed to be a post-credit scene that featured Dr. Doom. Because I'm glad there, was, there wasn't. I'm well, honestly. see, there was there was a lot of speculation that there would be because there is a lot of connection between Dr. Doom and Namor and, um, and, and even Wakanda. Um, but, uh, you know, I like you, I think it would have been a mistake to bring in, yeah. you know, again, this is another gigantic character in the, in the Marvel universe, yeah. in the comics, who, when he gets introduced to the MCU, it needs to be a really good introduction. It does, because remember, we're facing two Dr. Dooms that weren't the best, you know, um, uh, that were his predecessors from the previous films. Yeah, that's the two awful. fantastic former films. And so that's, you know, um, even though the first Doctor Doom I thought was smooth and and good enough for what that movie was, I, it's not the Doctor Doom that we need to be a part of this universe, this this Marvel universe. So no, you're right. It's got to be something far more um, uh, correctly, delicately handled. You know, um, yeah, and it would achieve in the film too, right? I mean, you know, the the whole it, thing. We, we walked away from this scene feeling something to throw something out there would would have been for executives yeah that would have it really would have cheapened the uh that um the whole thing i mean yeah you're right I mean, we're left with with this certain certain emotion certain feeling that we've got after being introduced to chala's son and, and then and then and to have something role. else come back and be like oh, yeah. dr doom why that should not be the last thing we talk about as we're walking away from this it should be that I'll was really well anything. done i'll bet you anything it, it's on the floor i'll bet you anything it's on the cutting room floor you know it that, it, it's very possible that it is because lake bell is not like a like she's not a huge name but she's she's in stuff she's yeah. she's been around and so like you know she's recognizable so it wouldn't be surprising to see her again in some capacity as this Dr. Graham. Um, and I did check the Wikipedia article again, and that blurb was gone. So I don't know how long it was up there misleading people thinking there was a post credit scene, but uh, somebody got on there and deleted it within the time that I got on there and then checked it again about 15 minutes later. I wonder if, and so let's see about <clears throat> Bell here. Um, just wonder if she's got anything else that she's that she is listed as. She doesn't have anything for upcoming filmography. Of course, they wouldn't. They wouldn't say probably. But no. you never know. 
Um, oh, I didn't know she was but if with she's, Harley if, Quinn or no Poison Ivy, Poison Ivy. Yeah, in, uh, Harley Quinn show. Yeah, if she, I would say if she shows up again, it'll it will be in this kind of capacity. Um, especially if this was a real scene that was filmed and then just left off. Um, that you know, it's possible she is working for Victor Von Doom uh, in secret yeah. while you know pretending to work for the CIA. Or are they just using her kind of an homage of the voice acting she's done? Because again, she's done, uh, she was Natasha Romanoff in the What If series. Um, she's also done Vanessa Fisk in the Into the Spider-Verse. Um, so, you know, you never well, know. I wouldn't think that they would have included her as an Easter egg because of that. I, I think that, I wonder, like I, said, I, I think that if, be nice if for she shows up again, it'll be as Dr. Graham and, and, like I said, if it's in this capacity, if she's working for Dr. Doom, that I would expect to see her whenever the Fantastic Four movie comes out. So remind me real quick before we get off here, what's what's Dr. Doom's connection to Secret Wars? Um, in the new, like in the latest version of Secret Wars, he was he set himself up as um the god of battle world so a planet basically well is battle where, world the place where hulk fought where hulk went to no no that's sakar oh okay no um battle world if i'm remembering this right is where you you took he took the characters from all over the marvel multiverse and brought them together to decide which universe in the multiverse would survive Oh, okay. So they would fight from different universes against each other and whichever one one would and, and he had the power to destroy the universes then? I guess. I don't know. I obviously I, I didn't read it, but um, And how is he connected to uh what's his face? The uh the guy that's the big bad guy. Namor? No, no, no. The um the one that's uh from Loki. The one Kang? That, Kang, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so there's a lot of holes, a lot of things to fill in here. Yeah. You know? And yeah, and really really we shouldn't even we shouldn't even be giving Dr. Doom the time of day or, or even thinking about him because he hasn't been introduced yet. Uh nobody's mentioned Latveria as being a place that exists in the MCU. Yeah. Um so at this point he is not a player. He's he's not a player in in what's to come. All we know about is is Kang the Conqueror is coming. Uh, he's going to be the the main villain in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Which I'm really excited about that movie. I think um, that's what I'm most excited about. And then based on what we know of the next two Avengers movies that'll be coming out in 2025 and 26, you've got the Kang Dynasty is the first one, and then Secret Wars is the last one. Now, is Kang going to be the the villain for Kang Dynasty and then that's it? Or is he being set up for that Doctor Doom role that, you know, Doom played in the comics, but because we have Kang pulling all the strings here at this point for the multiverse saga, is Kang going to be the one sitting on the throne of Battleworld when that movie comes out? So that's, that's the question. Because at this point, Doctor Doom again a non a non player he's not even an entity that that we 
should know exists in the MCU. One of the things that I'm, I, I, I wonder about for them trying to pull off, you got all these characters and you of course have your classic characters from Avengers, but like, it's going to, I don't necessarily feel any, any investment, deep investment to any of them. Uh, the remaining ones at this point. Um, yeah. You know, Thor, you know, love and thunder. I feel like I've gotten my Thor, you know, I, I feel like, man, I like Paul Rudd, but I don't know how this is going to turn out for Ant-Man. You know what I mean? But I got a bad feeling about I, this. I, I know. Right. I know. But the, I mean, do you, you know what I'm saying? Like at this point, a lot of these characters, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I don't have anybody to really latch on to. Um, like, like many, many, I remember when the first movies come out there, there were a few that would be like, Oh, I'm all Captain America or oh, I'm all Thor. or I'm all just at this point. It's kind of like a little disjointed. So I'm really hoping that some of the, as we're progressing here, we're going to start to get some, something formed up here a little bit stronger, you know, to kind of bring it home so we can have some, you know, characters to latch on to firmly, you know? Do you have any that you're like really, you know, um, tied to or you're invested in at this point? Individually, I mean. Uh, not really. Um, I mean, I at this point with with the MCU, I would say that uh, maybe Spider Man. Sure. Um, because I really again, I I really I love the way that Tom Holland has played Spider Man. Yeah, in absolutely. in the you know the chances we've seen with him and i really look forward to what they're going to do with spider-man moving forward now that he is more like the comic book accurate peter parker right who doesn't yeah. have iron man to lean on yeah for no technology yeah. or a new yeah. suit or you know glasses that give him kill drones on site you know that yeah. That kind of thing. I, I I get why so many people complained that you know that that was the version of Peter Parker we were getting. We weren't getting this kid who, who was a super genius who created all this stuff on his own and and had to scrape by with nothing. Um, but now and that's now what we're we gonna are. get. And now now we that's are. what we're gonna get as a as a young adult. Yeah. Uh, putting himself through college. Um, you know, probably working for Jonah Jameson. Uh, taking pictures of Spider-Man, <laughs> yeah. doing, doing all that stuff that yeah. he does. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, overall, like, again, the, the MCU has now reached the point where it is not just for one demographic of people. It is not just for the comic geeks out there who, oh. who were looking for their favorite characters to be turned into comic book movies. This is now... Uh, a larger machine that is able to create different genres of uh, entertainment Yeah, that, you know, She-Hulk was a, a sitcom that yeah. may not have been for everybody. Right. I enjoyed it for what it was, right. but you know, I get why people wouldn't. And but then, that's, that's true. There might be, there might be things now for the first time, you know, before you could like sit and say, I'm going to, I'm going to watch all these in chronological order and I'm going to, you know, get all set up. I think we're at the point now where there might be a few of these that the average person goes, yeah, you know, yeah. It just doesn't, doesn't, if even you, scale. if you miss it, you miss it. And it's not a big deal. Like it, it's right. People aren't going to like, when you get to the big, uh, tentpole movies that like the avengers you know when you get to the next avengers 
I'm sure people will be able to go in and see the Kang Dynasty yeah. without necessarily having, having to, to see, see the 10 yeah. movies that came before it. You're, you're going right. in there. I haven't seen a, a Marvel movie since Endgame. And, and now I'm going to see Kang Dynasty and I don't know what's going on, but right. it's going to be, they're going to find a way to create the movie and write it in such a way that everybody can come see it. Yeah. Doesn't matter what level of fandom you're on that because they're going to want people to come. They, they, they want to sell tickets. That's all there is to yeah. it. No, you're right. Well, and I think like, there's, there's a few of these that, I mean, like you think about like Hawkeye or you think about Loki or any of these, you really don't have to watch them. No. You know, you, you, they're, I mean, if you like the characters and you're enthusiast with that, great. Um, I'd say the only one that I, I'm really invested in, like you were saying about Spider-Man would probably be, I could watch Guardians of the Galaxy anytime. So that's, that's like one of those, but that's not necessarily plot specific. Other than the fact that I really do want to see the the connection and reconciliation with uh, Gamora, I want to see that work out. But other than that, that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, at this point, like I said, it's I'm 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 in it just to enjoy the story for what it is. Um, I'm not I'm not fully attached to necessarily any one character. Um, you know, if somebody. Uh, if somebody makes the ultimate sacrifice to save the universe okay maybe i'll cry maybe i won't i don't know i don't we'll see how <laughs> emotionally invested i get when when the time comes but uh as it is i'm like i i just want to enjoy these movies for what they are um and uh so far i'm still entertained if the time comes that i go see one of these movies and i'm just like this is the worst piece of trash i've ever paid 53 cents to go see then maybe I won't go see the next one. But yeah. in the meantime, so, I mean, same way with Star Wars. I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. Let's bring it on. Let's, let's have another one. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so I'm looking forward to Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, I think that's the next one coming out, right? Yep. And then before that, we got the, the see, uh, Guardians uh, of the Galaxy Christmas special coming out. And then we also have coming up that um, Invasion secret invasion yeah, secret invasion will be uh early next year i think so all right so um i think we've done our good justice on this movie and the mcu uh but we are switching gears next week aren't we sir wait i haven't gotten through trivia yet you got trivia of course i do yes who do you think i am well all right five questions let's hear it number one what is the name of the armor bestowed to okoye by shuri in preparation for the final battle. This one's a hard one. I couldn't remember what it was. I had to look it up. I know she called it something. The Blue Beetle. <laughs> That's all I could think when I saw the album. It was blue. Blue Beetle. Midnight <laughs> Angel. Midnight Angel. There you yeah. go. Uh, that's a, it's a mouthful. Uh, who is the voice of Grio, the AI developed by Shuri? Think along the same lines as Paul Bettany playing Jarvis for Tony Stark. Hmm. Is it an actor I would know? Uh, I would not call him an actor. But he is a public figure. And uh, he is on TV very regularly. I would say daily. He is on TV daily. Like he has a daily show. 
Oh, it's Noah. It's this yeah, Trevor Noah. Noah. Guy? Trevor Noah. <laughs> Thank you for all the hints. It's like there. the clue, the clues there. <laughs> you walk me right up to it. I give you a Noah. <laughs> He's on TV daily. Daily. I, in fact, he has a daily show. Yeah, <laughs> not anymore. Uh, oh, did you quit? I, there's something about him uh, stepping out to from what he's oh, that's he's right doing. he's been doing it for a while now he's yeah. good at it he shouldn't quit uh all right namor's people refer to him as all right let me see if i can say this <laughs> which means what uh oh i just remember that the the one means no love or something like that is that what namor means that's no namor love? yeah oh what was that one mean um um went beneath my wings sorry <laughs> close close feathered serpent god feathered serpent god oh that's good that's good all right this one's a tough one what? Uh, i think they're, they're all this tough one's now. a tough one <laughs> namor the submariner is one of marvel's oldest characters having first seen publication in october of 1939 in what comic book was namor's first appearance Marvel Comics. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. No, that's correct. Marvel <laughs> Comics, but what issue? Five. Number one. Oh man. I was so Marvel close. Comics number one. But no, this is before the company was even known as Marvel. Uh, their magazines at that point were being published by Timely Comics. Oh, really? That's yep. good. So yeah, close. back in the back in the golden age, um, you had Namor. The Human Torch and Captain America were the, the three big characters. And the Human Torch was not the same as who we got with the Fantastic Four later on. It was That's a funny because I was going to say two of those characters were played by Chris Evans. That's correct. <laughs> All right. Val is secretly putting together a team that will be made of U.S. agent Yelena Belova, among others. What will that team be called? They've recently announced a movie. So they're, they're, they actually, there's a name. So, and it's so funny, the DC, you know, Marvel parallels here, you know, <laughs> the dark Justice League. Um, man, the dark Avengers. I'm sorry. Thunderbolts. The Avengers. <laughs> the Avengers. <laughs> The Revengers. The Thunderbolts? The Thunderbolts. What a stupid name. They're named after Thunderbolt Ross, General Thaddeus Th Thunderbolt Ross, who will Did now, going see? forward, be played by Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford? Yeah, after the untimely death of um, William Hurt. William Hurt, yeah. Uh, yeah, wow. Harrison Isn't that Ford has be now great? been recast as, as, uh, as Thunderbolt Ross. Because yeah. doesn't he become a mutant? No, he becomes Red Hulk. Hulk. Like yeah. a Hulk. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I don't know if they're ever gonna they're gonna go that way with it. Um, because he becomes Red Hulk. Betty Ross becomes Red She Hulk. Doesn't she make a flag? That's that's Betsy Ross. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Elizabeth Betty Ross, <laughs> formerly played by Liv Tyler, and formerly played by uh Jennifer Connolly in the original Hulk movie. Uh yeah, those they become she becomes Red Hulk, Red She Hulk. Yes, yeah, I don't know. Red She Hulk, she crab soup. 
there's uh there's a lot of red things <laughs> oh my gosh well it's a lot that's that's kind of fun i do think thunderbolts is a silly name for a team oh well it is what it is am i boring you uh no it's uh as we're recording this we're approaching 10 o'clock so uh let's uh let's look ahead what's what's happening um i'm looking at notes from last week jeez uh what are we doing next week are we doing snes nope next week we're talking batman oh that's so appropriate i know right that's good next week we were we'll get into nightfall yep the classic batman story where spoiler alert bane broke batman's back all right so most people know about bane breaking batman's back if you're just novice person just knowing batman a little bit you know it from like christian bale tom hardy breaking his back and or slipping a disc or whatever the case is that happened. he really got over that real quick <laughs> yeah yeah um but this in the comics was huge and it it was going on with this time period we'll talk about it more next week of course but just to kind of set some context this is like the death of superman kind of thing yeah this was this, this was, was happening huge. concurrently with um while reign of the superman was going on nightfall was happening yeah and so so yeah you've got uh you've got a lot going this is this is in the 90s we've we've got uh, we're we're trying to tell some big stories to to win over some some folks because at the same time you've got marvel's x-men breaking records for sales over and over and over again and then you've got image comics coming up the ranks with gen 13 and Wildstorm and and all that stuff so so dc yeah, was struggling spawn. and spawn was going on at the same time right yeah, part of they were spawn. part of image you had spawn savage dragon i mean there was so much going on and dc was struggling and yeah. so yeah they they really they threw out all the stops for this yeah so it's you it's know? like we've we've got to do something to get some sales back so so they kill off superman break batman's back and replace him with some psychopath but we'll get into all that next week uh landon anything else you want to say about uh, wakanda forever other than wakanda forever wakanda forever all right guys uh thanks so much for listening uh if you've enjoyed this please share it with uh with the folks you know friends family loved ones uh you might if you like it they might like it too uh follow us on the social media send us an email join the conversation what did you think of wakanda forever if you've seen it so far uh we would love to hear what you have to say and share your thoughts right here on the show uh so let us know what you're thinking in the meantime have a great whatever it is wherever you are bye-bye